presented by Climate Power Education Fund. Does big oil care about our streets flooding or our homes burning? Not according to an ExxonMobil top lobbyist. Did we aggressively fight against um, uh, some of the science? Uh, yes. You know, we were looking out for our shareholders. They care about profits, not people. Learn more at polluters.exposed. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. On this episode, more aftermath from Hurricane Harvey and a little bit about Princess Diana and Texas State Senator Connie Burden. All that and more on this episode of Trench Chat. Welcome everybody to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host Brian Blitzo. And if you want to connect with us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And I write for politics.com if you want to read some of my articles. You know, and actually saying that it's been a while since I've actually put anything on, given with the hiatus and also and everything, but if you want to read my articles, just go to politichicks.com slash politichicks, uh, oh, hold up, slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. Still trying to get the hang of this. I'm seem like I am still trying to figure it out. The whole routine. And here we are. This is like the third episode since we've been back from our little break. But that being said, we're just going to roll with it. And don't forget the book. Politics, a clearing call to political activism, which is available on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Over 300 pages from contributors like myself talking about different subjects, whether it's education, healthcare, um, just political issues in general, social issues, etc. Activism, where my article is featured in that section, talking about being a delegate at the Republican National Convention last year. So, I encourage everyone to go pick that up. Now, 
normally when it comes to hurricanes, especially on the Gulf Coast, you tend to have this, um, I guess, a, a shortage of oil, given that a good percentage, like 40 percent of it, of the crude oil production is in the Gulf Coast. So whenever a hurricane or something come through there, it always tends to affect gas prices. And no surprise that that same thing is happening now and where you're having, especially like up in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you have some gas stations that are running out now. And and also, you know, prices are going up in general. And I'm guessing it's just going to go up in general across the country in the next couple of days, which has prompted... Uh, the Secretary of Energy, former Texas Governor Rick Perry, to tap into the reserves to try to help out, you know, to smooth out as far as some of the, I guess, the shortages that are going on. It's not going to stop prices from going up altogether. I mean, prices are still going to go up. He said, you know, he said that as well. But it should help as far as shortages in general. Because there are some places that don't have any gas at all. So, but this is normally what happens when you have a hurricane that hits the Gulf Coast. And just along with that, but you also, not only with the gas across the country in Texas, too, um, as far as Texas and Dallas having shortages now, but. You still have people down there that are suffering from flooding and everything that has happened in the southeast region. So I know for me personally, uh, as far as the company I'm driving for, just looking as far as if they have any like relief loads or anything to get on some of those and see how I can help in that way. Um, but it just it's up to the company if they have anything um, for us in the, in the, the company that I'm actually working for. So, I mean, there's plenty of people, plenty of companies that are doing things. And so I told them, Hey, if you have something, let me know and, you know, put me on, <laughs> I guess we'll find out later on, probably in the next couple of days or so. And, you know, if anyone that is, you know, if you're able to help, and donate and every, any way you can definitely do that and because that's definitely a a great need down there for the people down in the in that region as far as i mean you have a lot of a lot of flooding in a lot of areas and people that are definitely um gonna need every bit to rebuild so definitely keeping everyone there in our in our prayers and the people who are also helping as well, all the volunteers and um yeah, just just continue to as the, what they're saying, like Houston strong, just to, you know, keep it keep everything as far as keep your head up, I guess, in a way. So so in that sense that's kind of the overall the big story right now you know i'm actually going to kind of mention this because you might be hearing this in the background <laughs> but 
like I said before, I'm a truck driver, so my studio is basically my truck. And I'm actually recording right now. We're in Chicago, Illinois. If you don't know, I don't know what other Chicago's there are, but <laughs> but Chicago, that's where we're at to, today. And and I am actually at this very moment moment getting loaded. And you might hear a little bit of movement. You hear the sound like something crashing in the background. I might actually you might hear that. I don't know if you can or not, but I'm just letting you know. If you do, that's just me getting loaded and for my for my primary, my real job, I guess. <laughs> but um, that being said, before I get on to anything else, let's hear another one. Um, well, let's hear a word from the Founding Project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series. We think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Yep, and I guess the next topic I was going to mention before we get to State Senator Connie Burden and... I just I I saw this come across this morning. I haven't really thought about it, but it was um, just showed up and said this the 20th anniversary of the death of Prince, Princess Diana. And I mean, I don't I'm not have a, you know, a long, I guess, monologue about this, but it is one of those things. It's one of those events where that, you know, where you were when you heard about it. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you, you know, whoever, as far as when it comes to 9-11, you probably, are, you probably know where you were when you heard the news or, uh, and other things. Uh, if you're older, uh, when President Kennedy, Kennedy was shot or something like that. Events like that, a lot of times we tend to remember where we were 10, 20, 30, 40 years past we'll still remember what we were doing when that happened and i don't know about a lot of people but i I remember for me when that actually happened i i didn't know a lot about princess diana but but for some reason i still remember what i was doing i was in the car with my mom and we was on our way home and listening to the radio and all of a sudden like they just kind of cut in um into the programming just to say Princess Diana died today. Um, it wasn't at that time. Yeah, it was at, it was at night, and you know I, I knew about her, but for some reason, it still kind of sticks. Like, there's a lot of events that happened you know, like nine eleven. So like I know where I were when that happened. Um, I know where I was you know, like when President Obama was elected. My, I wasn't happy, but I do remember it at, in um in '08 when that uh, when that happened. So for me, I don't know how about anyone else. Uh, a lot of people, as far as here in America, we, I guess we follow royalty in a sense, and to, you know, celebrities over here are basically considered royalty as well. So we so we follow them, obviously. And yeah, 
I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things that kind of stuck out for me when I saw it today um, about that. And, you know, after hearing about it, then it was all over the news for the next, I don't even remember, probably like the next couple of weeks and then the funeral and all that. Then the investigation as far as what happened and it, that caused her death and everything. So I think maybe all of that kind of came in as far as making me, I guess, sticking in my mind as far as when I first heard the initial, you know, announcement about her death with all that that happened with it. Cause I'm trying to think of other events. I like, I remember where I, I was for nine 11. I remember where I was when OJ, when the verdict was announced and like, I wrote about that actually in politics. So, when it comes to the OJ case, it's funny. That's one of my favorite articles for me, but, but yeah, so, um, I'm just thinking of other events, but yeah, that, yeah, the one with Princess Diana, that's one that I, that's one of those events. So coming up, we're going to talk with Texas Senator, well, Texas state Senator Connie Burden. But before that, here's another word from the founding project. Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The Founding Project, an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Yep, and so coming up, we got a chance to speak with Texas State Senator Connie Burden earlier today. And, you know, I, I mentioned this in the interview, and I just want to mention uh, well, mention this one more time beforehand. Most elected officials I'm not much of a fan of. Most of them I don't care for. But State Senator Connie Burden, she's one of the ones I actually like one of the people I actually would vote for, which unfortunately I'm not in her district though. <laughs> actually to kind of tell a little story. The first time I met Connie was at a fundraiser when she was running, um, for Senate district 10. Um, and I went to the fundraiser thinking I was in her district. And then when I went up to the, to the desk and filled out the information, and then they looked it up on the, on the, um, I guess the database, and they saw, oh no, well you're not in the district. And trying to find out how the district was set up, I'm like in a small little part. That's, I mean, when you look at the map, you think you are, but I'm in a small part that's not in her district. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I was ready to vote for, her. <laughs> and I was there, just you know, ready to get some signs and all that. But nevertheless, I still supported her, helped her out, you know, as far as campaign stuff like that. Because, yeah, like I said, there's very few that I actually would vote for as opposed to normally voting against someone in, in an election. That's about 90, I said about 95 percent of the time when I'm voting, I'm normally voting against someone, whether it's a primary or 
general what whatnot whatever it is and but like i said she's one of the ones i actually will vote for so all that being said here's our interview with state senator connor burton hello this is trend chat and we are pleased to have texas state senator from senate district 10 connor burton with us how you doing i'm doing great thank you brian yeah and i guess the first question i want to ask with the regular session and the special session that just passed overall it was kind of disappointing uh, but you know as far as in my opinion i think the senate did a, a lot better as far as the house but overall disappointing well what is your opinion as far as everything that transpired with the regular and the special session well, you know, I, I, it's a, a mixed bag. We certainly did a lot of good things, both in the regular session and the special session. Uh, but my greatest disappointment is, of course, that we did not get any kind of property tax reform legislation passed. Um, that's what we hear most about in my um, office. You know, I heard about it long before I ever ran for office. Um, it's it's unsustainable. People are very frustrated with their uh, property taxes that continue to increase um, year after year. And um, so, you know, one of the things that we knew we needed to get done was reform property taxes. And unfortunately, um, we couldn't get that done. Um, the Senate passed uh, a bill, a reform bill during the regular session and one during the special session, but unfortunately, uh, leadership in the House uh, prevented any kind of uh, consensus bill to get passed. So uh, that's where I'm very frustrated, as I know many people in Senate District 10 are frustrated because they want to they want to have some sort of relief, and we were um, you know trying very hard to give them that. Now, with the regular and the special, I actually heard from some. House members who actually were critical of the Senate because of, for me, in my opinion, I feel like y'all were doing a, a much better job than the House. But I hear from some of the House members, they were criticizing, like, well, they're just passing things and just, um, and just basically overly critical. I guess the speed of how things were going. So, uh, how would you answer those criticisms? Well, um, I, I, if if they are criticizing that, I think that's just silly. We, you know, we got there to get work done, um, and um, particularly in the special session, we got things done in such a uh, swift manner because we did exactly what was on the call. I don't know if all of the listeners uh, know, but a special session is only called by the governor. And he gives you specific um, things that need to get done during that special session. So we got in there and we worked on that leg on legislation that dealt with those items. Unfortunately, um, in the House, the uh, leadership there, um, you know, allowed the House to work on lots of legislation that wasn't even on the call, which is really quite uh, puzzling because um, that's not how it works. That's not how the special session works. You are called to get legislation passed on certain items. So that was a, um, a stalling tactic 
used by House leadership, and, um, you know, we all knew that. So the fact that we got our business done quickly um, is how it's supposed to be done because there's specific items on there to get done. And so we got to work right away, um, worked on those specific items, and got them passed. So if there is criticism about that, it's just silly because that's um, how it's supposed to happen. Yes, yeah, I, I totally agree. And well, also, what, uh, what would your thoughts would be on if there would be a second special session? I'm hearing rumors that it may happen. I just want to know what your thoughts about that if if it does come to pass. Right. Well, and if it does, um, you know, I think it needs to be just maybe one or two items. Um, is kind of my thinking, um, you know, pr- certainly for property tax reform, uh, and perhaps just that. If he does, if the governor does choose to call a, spe- a second special session, I think it needs to be just on that one item. I'm sure we could come up with some some others that would be um, equally important, but I do know that um, that particular issue is one that certainly needs to be on the item. Uh, excuse me, on the call. And so if he did, um, I would say we need to keep it limited to one or two, and that would definitely pressure um, anyone who isn't wanting to get that legislation passed. Um, You know, it would really spotlight the fact that, um, you know, they're not working on on it. Um, If there was just one item on the call. I don't know if the governor is going to call another one. I, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, he could very well. Clearly, he's very, very busy right now um, with the um, tragedy unfolding down in South Texas with Hurricane Harvey, and and our thoughts and prayers go out to them. And you know, I think uh, all Texans are working very, very hard to help them first and foremost. So I think right now a special session is certainly on the back of his mind because he's working very hard, as all are as are all Texans on, um, you know, the relief efforts from Hurricane Harvey. And yes, that's, and that's totally, you know, the right thing to do right now, because definitely the people down there definitely should be the priority. Absolutely. Well, one issue I wanted to bring up is something that you have advocated for and talked about many times is civil asset forfeiture. And I just wanted you to, to talk about basically what it is. Also for me, I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast. I actually don't understand how more people can't see how unconstitutional this is, but I want you to, to lay it all out for us. Great. I'm glad you brought that up because it has uh, become a passion of mine to get civil asset forfeiture uh, reform done. Unfortunately, couldn't even get a hearing for it down in Austin this past uh, session. Uh, and I will be working hard um, during this interim, and um, when I am elected again, um, this uh, next election, we'll um, continue to work on that down in Austin to get reform passed. Um, you know, what happens in this instance um, is uh, law enforcement, if they, you know, think that uh, some of your property has been involved in a crime, they can take that property um, and uh, then sometimes that property can actually be kept by them even without a criminal conviction, and therein lies the problem. Um, you know, law enforcement wants to get the bad guys. I want them to get the bad guys, um, and so they use this as a tool um, to help with that, and I get that and I understand that. 
the problem is when you start to infringe on personal property rights, um, you know, that needs to be corrected. And there should not, people's personal property should not be uh, kept by law enforcement without a criminal conviction. Our piece of legislation didn't touch um, seizures at all. In other words, they can still seize property that they feel has been involved in a crime, but um, they cannot keep it um, if uh, it, without a criminal conviction. And so that's what my piece of legislation does. Um, personal property rights is a you know basic foundational right in our country, and once we start infringing, once government in, starts infringing on these rights, we've got a problem. What government is here is supposed to do is protect people's rights, not infringe on them. And so when we have any level of government um, infringing on them, we need to work against that. And so that's what I'm trying to do with my piece of legislation down there in Austin. Um, and we're going to continue to do that, and we are going to get this passed. <laughs> All right. And, oh, well, two more questions. One, I want to bring up about a recent event that you did with um, at Defender Outdoors, and with uh, called Shooting Sip. Some people may not know about that. I just want you to speak on that as far as uh, what was going on there. Yeah, so we had uh, there was a a, a local um, shooting range that they put on a, a gal there who is a real go getter fighter. She's a she's fantastic. She puts on programs. I think it's once a month. I'm not totally certain about that, but she puts on different programs. She's very, very, very much about empowering women uh, with their Second Amendment rights, um, but also teaching them, um, you know, gun safety and how to protect yourself um, uh, with um, with your Second Amendment rights, those kinds of things. One of the programs that she just put on was where um, we had three of us on a panel uh, speaking of different aspects of our Second Amendment rights, one was um, actually she's a creator of um, clothing lines that helps you uh, helps women, particularly well only women, uh, with uh, with um, clothing where you can carry your gun. And then another woman was a previous FBI agent, and she teaches tactical um, classes um, to women as well. And then myself was there uh, talking about legislation regarding to Second Amendment rights. So it was a really great, it was for women, and uh, had a huge group of women there all excited about uh, practicing um, afterwards. Uh, they went to, went to the range and, and shot and learned. Those who, who are very familiar, you know, went and, and um um, went to the shooting range portion of it. Those that are just learning went to a different class um, afterwards. So it was a fantastic um, event. I was honored to be asked to be a part of that and sit on the panel and talk about legislation regarding the Second Amendment. Yes. You know, we're glad that we had uh, Amy Robbins and Jira Hutchins on the show previously kind of talk about the, well, Amy Robbins was talking about Alexo Athletica and we had Jira on to talk about Defender. So Friends of the show, as we would say. So, Senator Burden, thank you so much. And one thing I want to say that of all these elected officials, I said you're the one of the few that I like, and it's a very, very small list. And so I just wanted to get to talk to you. <laughs> and before we go, I just wanted you to let everyone know about your campaign and your upcoming fundraiser and everything um, as far as contacting you on social media. 
Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity to be on. Um, you are one of my favorite activists as well, so I appreciate that. Um, you can uh, look me up on social media. It is important to know that my name is spelled differently. Connie is K-O-N-N-I. Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N. I have a Facebook page, which is Connie Burton TX. Please follow me there. I'm also on Twitter, at Connie Burton. Certainly have a website, ConnieBurton.com, and you can um, get all sorts of information about where I stand on issues and certainly upcoming events. One of the most important will be um, September 28th. I have a fundraiser in the stockyards in Fort Worth. That's where I hold all of my events. Um, and so we'll be having our second annual fundraiser um, in the stockyards on September 28th. Uh, look for that on social media as well as my uh, website. I would love to see people there. It's going to be a fun um, just friendly uh, time of fellowship, talking about conservative principles, great speakers, great um, people attending. Um, please come out and join um, in on the fellowship that we'll be having that evening. And I just thank everyone for their support, and thank you, Brian, for having me on. Uh, thank you so much, Senator Burden. You bet. We'll talk to you later. Yep, and thanks to Connie for joining us. And before we go, here's another word from The Founding Project. Hello, Trend Chat fans. The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today. Yep, man. That's it for this week. Now, I mentioned before that the format is changing a little bit, so it will be either Tuesday or Thursday for the next episode. Just kind of depending on what's going on. And like I said, I'm just trying to maximize and optimize the time that I have as much as possible before I've run out of hours to broadcast on here. So that being said, I appreciate everyone listening in. Like, you know, definitely check out politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. Get the book. Check out the founder project. Yep. And if you and again, we're on Spreaker. Appreciate them for giving me the platform to even do this. And we're on Google, Google Play, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. So, if you like it, share it, subscribe, all that, everything. Um, we definitely appreciate every, everybody that's listening and sharing and tell your friends and all that. We're here. You know, whether it's Tuesday or Thursday, we're here. We're going to be here. And there's always something to talk about. <laughs> so... Again, appreciate everyone listening in, and I'll say, well, until next week, we will chat with you later.
Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.